Oh yeah, welcome back to the Lightning Rod for Wednesday, March 23rd, 2022, even. This is the show that always pushes the right buttons all the time, and those buttons are never panic buttons. Coming to you from Miami, I am Johnny Pipes. And I'm Gannon, and we're not going to leave you hanging with 16 seconds left this time. Not at all. No, sir. Oh, yeah. Had to let that ride for a minute. I like that beat. Yes, so you heard it correctly. You're listening to the lightning rod yet again. Why is your problem? Hey, let's... uh talk about our show a little bit we are the weekly lightning wrap up your tampa bay lightning your two-time back-to-back stanley cup champion and if you're old enough to remember three-time stanley cup champion tampa bay lightning we talk about them week to week wrap it up give you the news give you whatever we just talk about it and you can talk to us about it too you can leave us a voicemail at 727 416-0613. You can find that in the show notes. You can email us to thelightningrod1 at protonmail.com. That's the number one. And you can hit us up on Twitter too if you want, at lightningrodpod. All those ways you can reach out to us and uh, give us a shout. Let us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, or just what you think. So uh, speaking of... um, the lightning season right now. Yeah, that's the panic button. No, don't press it. Too late. It's already don't been press pressed. It. No. Too late. It's already been pressed. Hold on. I, I got. We got to sum up the last week here. We've been thrown off course just a tad. Just a tad. What exactly is a tad? In space terms, that's about half a million miles. <laughs> Uh, you know, surprisingly enough, for as is is off and on as we've been doing, we haven't really lost. Um, like we're, I was looking at the standings today, and um, you know, yeah, we're we're fighting other teams for playoff seating, but holy smokes, like the drop off between the playoff teams and the not playoff teams in the East is substantial. Yeah, like we were talking about this last week, I believe, but. Um you know, we, we've got a pretty decent cushion. Uh, I know we're pretty much neck and neck with Toronto and Boston right now. Boston's really making a huge push uh, for, for some nice seating. I, it's hard to imagine that anyone's going to catch Florida. But uh, we're lucky enough to be, you know, while we're kind of meandering through these games, losing some and winning, you know, the odd couple out. Uh, Toronto's equally, they're, they're just kind of keeping pace with us. So at least we've got a little bit of a berth between us and them. Yeah, that, that, I I watched the game on uh, Saturday, so the only home game in forever, and it was an ABC game, ABC slash ESPN. It's all the same damn company. They're all owned by the mouse. And uh, the guy that does the the uh, he, he did the play-by-play was Sean McDonough, who used to be on Monday Night Football back in the day. I call him Dobby because he looks like Dobby the Elf from uh, Harry Potter, but he kind of gave us a, a little bit of a, a little bit of a jinx. I think he's like, uh, yeah, both of these teams will make the playoffs. It's like, okay. Yeah. 
the likelihood is pretty high. But come on, man. Don't say it on national TV like that. What are you doing? No, I mean, you shouldn't ever guarantee a playoff spot until you absolutely clinch it. You know, e- even for the Panthers or the Avalanche, it, it, to me, it's kind of taboo to say. Exactly. Like, there's a reason why they call it bulletin board material. There's a reason why anytime in like anyone in any sport guarantees anything, they always talk about it like, oh, what about that guarantee, buddy? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, about that, I'm I'm going to the bank. Yeah, the only guarantee that I can remember is the Mark Messier game seven guarantee, if if you know anything about that. That's been a while. Is that all I know about him is like, that stupid smile he has every time he's holding that cup. That's like the only picture they ever show of him. <laughs> no, I mean, he, um, it was the Rangers versus Canucks 1994 finals. Um, he, uh, the Rangers lost game six to the Canucks and he made a guarantee. It was in the newspapers the next day. Like it was a big deal. He said, we are going to win game seven. And I think he said something about himself. Uh, scoring in that game, and I think he got a hat trick. If I, I, I could be wrong, but regardless, he filled his guarantee. Well, we can say he's good. He's a pretty good hockey player. He, he was okay at that game called hockey. I don't know. <laughs> you know, he probably wasn't good at you know other things. Like I bet he had a hard time painting houses and things like that. But it, <laughs> in hockey, he was pretty good, and he did have a little bit of help, right? Because wasn't Gretzky on that team? Yeah, some guy named Wayne. Yeah, some guy on, that they call not him on the that great Rangers one. team though. He, oh, he wasn't on the ninety. When did when did he? What what year he, was he on it? Um, I, I'm. He only played a quick cup of coffee with them. I know he retired in '99 with the Rangers. Um, I think he maybe only played a season or two there. Didn't, okay, so he didn't win the cup with them though. No, he wasn't on that '94 team with uh, Messier. All those years to me are like a big blur. So yeah, I right. just remember like sparse images in my mind of you know waking up at six o'clock in the morning and putting on channel 46 on my little cable box to watch sports center um <laughs> you know i wasn't even really that much into into hockey i just remember always watching it and picking out names and things like that like i watched a little bit of the lightning it was cool we had a team at the time but i mean when you're 13 14 years old and you know you're getting into high school like let me tell you hockey was like not really something i was thinking about too much there were girls walking around you know <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm not going to lie. So, but anyways, if, if you folks were living under a rock, uh, you might, you might have missed a little thing over the weekend called the uh, trade deadline. And uh, the deadline was Monday. And, um, you know, we, we were not quiet. So uh, here to tell us about all the trades is Gannon. All right. Well, um, I thought this would uh, be a little bit of a quieter deadline for the lightning similar to last year just getting you know one guy and calling it calling it quits but um no they actually surprised me made a pretty decent splash i'd say with uh acquiring brandon hagel from the blackhawks uh along with two fourth round picks uh coming our way in exchange for taylor radish and boris kachuk along with two first round picks at first glance you might say it's an overpayment uh, especially to some of the more uh, people not familiar with uh, who Brandon Hagel is. Uh, and he, he's not necessarily a big name. I heard his name being thrown around a couple of weeks before the deadline. But uh, a lot of people, a lot of the insiders were 
thinking to themselves, why get rid of this guy? He's a young guy on a rebuilding Blackhawks team. You know, he he seems like somebody that's going to be part of that rebuild. So it kind of caught everybody by surprise when they actually did deal him. Um, in my opinion, I, I really do... I don't have a problem with what we gave away. Again, I will give the edge to Chicago. It was a great, great deal uh, by Kyle Davidson, Blackhawks GM. But it's you know two different stories for two different teams. The Lightning are in win now mode. That those draft picks are not going to help them. You know, within the next five years or so, um, it's not like they're great at drafting in the first round in recent years anyway. Um, so. Yeah, it, su- it sucks to give up two first-rounders, but again, they're not helping us right now. We're in win-now mode. And a lot of people don't know about Brandon Hagel. He- he's a really, really good player. Uh, I've liked him even before uh, he was on this team. He um, he can score. He, again, 23 years old, um, you know, smaller guy, uh, but he- he's got a gritty gritty side to him. He- he's responsible defensively and can put the puck in the net and also not, a- not afraid to uh, drop the mitts either. Well, just looking at his uh, headshot here, uh, you could basically say he's a he's a knockoff of Braden Point. Mm-hmm. He's got the same facial structure, the same kind of look on his face, the same hairstyle. He's Dude, just got like uh, yeah, they they do, and and they're both um, somewhat Western Canadian, if you can call Saskatchewan Western Canada. It's like Central Canada, I guess. I'll, I'll give it the edge. Saskatoon. I think I don't know. There's everything that's east, like Toronto and whatnot, and then Saskatchewan, which is like uh, somewhere in the Saskatchewan. Yeah, whatever. All the Szechuan beef. That's all the same. <laughs> all the same. Uh, it is kind of a shame though that uh, we got rid of those kids because they, you know, radish looked really good earlier in the year. They kind of were slumping a little bit, I guess. But I don't know. I can't use this anymore though. <laughs> so I gotta ditch that one. Goodbye to Boris. God bless you, Kachuk. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Now he can get, people can get com- him confused with the other Kachuks, you know, yeah. while, while he's on a, another team. So Taylor Radish, he already scored a uh, power play goal for the Blackhawks. Yeah, I was just looking at that too. That was something I was going to say. He's like, man, it didn't take him very long. He already mm-hmm. already scored you know, like in his first game. So Yeah, it, you know, it helps uh, getting fed pucks from uh, Debrinkat and Patrick Kane. Yeah. So that, that's know, it, didn't, though, just the one. He didn't really one. have the oppor- opportunity to do that with us. No. Uh, there's the, – the the line is, is trying to be, you know, they're trying to rebuild the third line like they had in the last uh, two two Stanley Cups. So, I don't mm-hmm. – they they're, they're doing something along those lines. Yeah. And, and so, aside from that, we also acquired Nick Paul from the Ottawa Senators in exchange for Matthew Joseph – which this one really caught me by surprise. I think we threw in a fourth round pick somewhere, um, but yeah, Joseph, he no no longer a mem- member of the Bolts. Uh, you know, I'm happy to have Nick Paul. I've been a, a fan of his. Um, I I haven't watched him as closely as I have with uh, Brandon Hagel, but you know, as as we'll get into, it, at least he's already appearing on the score sheet. Yeah, he got a goal in his first game. It's a tip in, right? Uh, yeah, it was actually, uh, it wasn't a tip in, but it was a tip, if that makes a difference. It was actually a really, really nice play, a uh, really nice, accurate tip, which kind of caught me off guard. Literally, as he, he, he took that puck away, and I, you know, I guess we'll get into this a little more specifically, but he took that puck away, and I was thinking to myself, 
No, I'm not really expecting him to score. You know, I saw some good good shots from Brandon Hagel. It'd be nice for him to score and don't set your expectations too high. And literally all within like five seconds of him getting the puck, gives it to Ross Colton. Colton shoots it back and he tips it in literally within a five second span of me thinking that to myself. Not bad, not bad. However, though, uh, we did lose Matthew Joseph, who was playing pretty well on the penalty kill. Uh, and so the result of that, of course, is we immediately give up two power play goals. Yeah, right. So I don't know if that's coincidence or not. <laughs> I don't think so. I think Carolina's deadly. Uh, they, they've got a really good power play. Uh, I know they've been slumping the last couple of games as well, but they recently uh, got Tony D'Angelo back from injury, and he's a huge, uh, huge part of their power play. So it. Not that I'm surprised, but, you know, Cooper's trying different things. He put uh, Hagel out there on the penalty kill. I think he was a minus in that game. But, again, you know, you, you just kind of got to – you have to play with your lineup after this. Uh, you know, nowhere, no, neither of those two guys are going to fit in perfectly anywhere, so you, you will have to play around a little bit. Well, so far so good, I guess, uh, minus the results. At least uh, there's a little bit of production. But I think the most important – uh, piece that we uh, that we happen to acquire over the uh, trade deadline. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. <laughs> the return of Riley Nash. <laughs> Please, sir, report to our minor league affiliate. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like we, they, I think when he, from what I understand, they, you know, they waived him the first time with the full expectations that he was going to clear waivers, and then they were just going to keep him. But uh, Arizona picked him up, and so they're like, um, "Here's here's a couple bucks. Here's a couple bucks. We'll take him back." Yeah, to to me, the the Riley Nash acquiring him for nothing. Uh, at least that's what future considerations is. Ninety percent of the time is nothing. Um, uh, happy to have him back, but to me, it's, it's just kind of an insurance. It, let's say if uh, Paul or, or Hagel goes down or somebody, you know, just kind of a responsible forward. You're not expecting to, uh, you know, plug in anywhere uh, on like the penalty killer power play. You know, just just kind of an extra body, warm body that you can throw in in case of emergency, break glass. Fair enough. Fair enough. So overall. What do you what, what what do you think of the entire uh, all the transactions like in one? I'm happy, honestly. I know I know there's some uh, Bolts fans that are actually really upset uh, getting rid of you know three young players, but again, we're in win now mode. You know, uh, Joe not Joseph uh, Radish and Kachuk they never really fit in anywhere. Not to say that they weren't good players or anything. I really like the physicality that Kachuk brought. Uh, but they, they just never really stuck on any kind of line. They, you know, Kachuki was scratched probably half the games or so. Um, so it, it's a good gamble for Chicago as well. You know, both younger players and can immediately make an impact as they already have. So I, I, I'm happy. Um, obviously sad to see Joseph go. But again, win now mode. Um, you know, you, we got a player back who excels uh defensively whereas you know joseph was good defensively he was good on the penalty kill but it wasn't like his his strong suit obviously his his best skill his attribute was his speed but you know he he just couldn't finish and it seems that nick paul he he is kind of more of a finisher than a uh, playmaker 
And even Matthew Joseph, he, he would get good entries, but he couldn't do anything. He, he wasn't a good passer, wasn't a good shooter. No, nothing against the guy, but it's just, you know, he, he didn't, he, he did fit on the team. It's a shame that he had to go, but it's a business. Every trade we had to make was dollar in, dollar out. And unfortunately, he was uh, axed to Ottawa. Well, Ottawa's young. And they're they're now they're still young and uh, they're up and coming. I guess you could say they're just not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they, yeah, they added a bunch of speed and maybe someone there can teach Joseph how to finish on a breakaway. I would hope so. I think he's going to get a, a a lot more playing time. Um, it, it could really really help his game. Uh, probably playing higher up in the lineup as well. I know he did play high up in the lineup here certain games, but you know maybe on a more consistent basis. Uh, could actually turn him into a really good player. He's got the potential. He's got the tools there. He's just got to put them all together. Yeah, he had uh, 15 minutes, 15 and a half minutes on ice in his first game against the Islanders, which is, uh, if you're looking at the last few games, that's about two to three minutes longer than he would have played with us. As I'm looking here at his last handful of games, it's like 13, 11, 12, 13, and then 15. So he got a little bit of an increase right off the bat. So, you know, here's hoping he does well. I like him. I always liked him. You know, the guy, poor guy, had got stuck in the bubble and didn't even get to see the ice. So he, yeah. he got to lift the cup without getting on the ice. So. Yeah, and, you know, he actually, you know, earned it that second year. But still, you know, it's nice to, to win two cups early in your career and not necessarily have to chase that your entire career. You, you can more so work on yourself i guess and flourish more as a player you know you've already uh succeeded you know reached the highest of the highs as a team so you know hopefully he he can use this uh use this trade to work on himself as a player you know we want nothing but the best for him that is true unless of course it comes down to an ottawa tampa eastern conference finals and then i wish the worst for him yes in that case but the likelihood of that happening this century is Pretty low. Pretty low. I don't know. So, yeah, that was the trade deadline. Uh, what, 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 other than us, I'd say the uh, the biggest move, what you call it, flurry, flurry to the wild. Do you think that would be like the biggest move? That one was, uh, that was pretty big. There were a bunch of big moves, but I would say uh, maybe Claude Giroux to the Panthers. Yeah, I did forget about that one. That one affects us the most. It does. <laughs> yeah, you know, I even I, I honestly because it, for some reason it, they had talked about that for longer than the deadline, so it seemed like it was already done. So um, my mind was like separating it from the deadline. Yeah, it came down to two teams. It was Colorado and Florida, and he said that he would only accept a trade to Florida. So um, they actually uh, the the Panthers got him for a really really good price, um, but. The uh, Flyers GM Chuck Fletcher, he kind of had his hands tied. He's like, you know, I only want to go to one team, so you, obviously you're not going to get the best return for it. Uh, who knows if he's strictly a rental, he may want to re-sign there next season. But um, good for the Panthers. Uh, I'm a little worried, to be honest, a little bit. Why wouldn't you want to re-sign when you can walk outside of of the Florida Live Arena and be at the biggest outlet mall in the world? <laughs> I mean, come on, sign me up. I'll I'll, I'll go play. Anywhere but Philly. Yeah, Philly sucks. I'm just kidding. Well, not really. Well, at least at least in Sunrise, 
he won't get batteries thrown at him. Yeah, good point. Yeah, well, not not in Sunrise, but maybe parts of Miami. Yeah, it's just far enough away. Yeah, <laughs> there's plenty of really good places to 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 live in Fort Lauderdale where you don't even have to go to Miami. It's nice. Yeah, it's like a whole different world, and they're right next to each other. <laughs> yeah, so. Welcome, welcome to our new players. You know they already got nicknames. Like, I, well, I don't know what Nick Paul's nickname is, but ba- Br- Brandon Hagel's already being called Bagel, which I would, you know, I would hope that was his. Yeah, I, I'd be, I would be kind of upset if someone just started randomly calling me Bagel. <laughs> well, another thing about this trade is that, like, you the the Hagel trade at least is that you know it that it's it's a good trade when Blackhawks fans are upset that they got rid of him, but you know it's an even better trade when Blackhawks players are upset they got rid of him. Jonathan Taze was uh, quoted saying like uh, something along the lines of, you know, if, if we're going through a rebuild, um, why is getting rid of Hagel part of a rebuild? He's, he's a young guy with tons of potential. Um that, that that just doesn't seem right to me. So Taze, he's, he's been kind of pissed off with the way that the organization has been run over the last year or so, or a couple of years now, really. Um, but again, you know, it's a good trade. Uh, we got a good player when, uh, again, the fans are pissed and the players are pissed. Well, I'd say that organization has a little bit more to worry about uh, than than players. You know, if, mm-hmm. they, if they're, if they're going to be upset about the organization, they should be upset for other reasons uh, versus uh, players. So... But that's a story for another day. The the something that actually kind of makes me sad a little bit about the uh, the bagel trade, the uh, is is people are already saying on on uh, TV like pundits and whatnot are already saying, oh well, this is the de facto replacement for Andre Palat. Like they're already kind of writing his epitaph, and he's not even gone yet. And that makes uh. me that makes me very sad. Like. Yeah, he probably will have to leave now. He'll probably get pushed out unless he takes like a discount or something because this guy's essentially taking his spot. But man, don't write the guy off. We still got a quarter of a season left. Yeah, it's too early to be talking about that. But let, let's be real here. I I have to imagine that Andre Palat he's going to take his paycheck and and go to another team, and I I can't blame him for that, uh, especially with the way that he's been kind of playing a little lackluster recently. Um, uh, unless he does want to take a dis- discount with this team, I know we're not going to give him any more money than what he already makes. I think he's somewhere in the five million range, uh, which which seems fair to me. I know the market commands a little bit higher of a price right now, but not this team. They're they're going to squeeze every uh, penny out of you that they can. Well, it makes me sad as a pure homer because mm-hmm. you know you don't want to see these guys leave that have been there since since the start. I mean, mm-hmm. I've been watching him since he since he began, basically. And, you know, some guys you just want to see wear the same sweater forever. And he, he's one of them. I mean, he's always been the unsung hero like that, that the bubble playoffs that he had were amazing. Like he, oh, yeah. he, he was, was the star scoring. Mm-hmm. He was the star of, of the beginning of those playoffs, like almost the entire way. Yeah, he scored something like 15 goals in the playoffs. Like he was crazy. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll always have that. But it sucks, though, to have to hear people on TV already saying that. And, you know, it's it's the season's not even over yet. I wouldn't look at it like that. To me, honestly, the player he more resembles just as a player. Uh, I, I, I saw shades of Yanni Gord. 
which you know I, I hate to be a little overzealous, but the the way that he has just this honey badger style of play uh, to just be relentless and hard as hell on the forecheck using his speed and his uh, small but strength. Um. Just, just again, really, really responsible and smart defensively. I, I get shades of Yanni Gordon. If he can be, you know, a fraction of what Yanni Gord was for us, I think we'll be happy. Well, here's hoping, I guess. Because <laughs> didn't Nick Paul already take um, Blake Coleman's number? Yeah, he's number twenty. Yeah, so there's your number twenty. So what? What number is uh Hagel's? What thirty eight? Yeah. So okay. So he's one off of Gord. <laughs> yeah. What was what was Goodrow was what ninety two I think or ninety nineteen. Oh, he was nineteen. I knew it was a nine in there somewhere. Okay. So now we just need who who's their line mate right now? Colton. Okay. Um, so Hagel was playing with Point and Palat last night. Was Before he? Okay. that, he was he was playing with uh, Colton and Joseph. All right. Well, Colton is seventy nine. So you just changed that seven to a one. And you basically have the line back. Yeah. There you go. I mean, you just got to do a little bit of creative accounting. But if that's what they're wanting, there you go. Just change your just change your jersey numbers. So that was the trade deadline. It is passed. So now on to the last 20 games Wait, one, of the season. One more thing before we pass that. Uh, another reason why we did kind of also have to pay so much for Brandon Hagel is because he is locked up for the next year as well at a very reasonable $1.5 million cap hit. Um, sometimes just having a player under contract can command a much higher price instead of being strictly a rental, like I'm assuming Nick Paul may be. Uh, I I find it hard to imagine that he's going to resign with us next year. I know he was asking a little bit too much for the the senators' liking, and they've got plenty of cash to work with. Even though they do have a stingy GM and owner, uh, they're they're not really too keen on handing out money to players like we are. But um, and he he doesn't make all that much, and not that I I don't think he. What he is going to ask for, I can't imagine that we're going to be able to fit him under our cap. So to me, Paul is strictly a rental, but Hagel, he is here to stay for at least next year. All right. Well, that's good, I suppose, if he turns out to be uh, really good for us. so I would hope so. You got anything else on the uh, trade deadline? You want to talk we about some, some games? or We did make one other uh, small trade. Uh, it was for a goalie, I believe it was from San Jose. It was, it was kind of one of those under radar, under the radar trades, uh, more so for like the crunch uh, than anything. But it was for, ooh, I can't remember his name. I, Melnichuk, uh, it's his last name. But yeah, uh, goalie uh, to me, it's just kind of an AHL trade. So no, nothing really too important. You mean to tell me that they're that they don't have confidence in Max Legacy? Oh man, I we gotta go. We gotta go up to Syracuse and knock some sense into them. Yeah, or are, do they have a goalie crunch up there? What's going on? So they got crunch. now this this guy, this guy, and now Max Legacy, and then what the hell was the other guy's name? He played for the Solar Bears, like all you know, Alkenfeld or Alka Seltzer or something like that. Uh, Aldenfeld. Yeah, what did he play? Like thirty seconds and had led in like four goals. The game I watched. Hugo. Uh, yeah, he, he wasn't great that game. I know they uh, they are expecting um, Aldenfeld to uh, probably be somewhere NHL caliber. I know he was not drafted high, but they, they have 
some expectations for him. But again, as, as we've seen with this team, they're in no rush to develop anybody at all, take their time, which, again, I'm fine with. Uh, he, he's a younger guy, so whatever again, take, take your time, develop him. Whatever happened to the Lithuanian goalie that we had and then uh, was really good, I think, in like the – I don't know what competition it was, but he had a really good competition, like the World Juniors or something like that. And we had him, and he was a minor leaguer, and he might have come up and played like 30 seconds, and then he left. I can't remember what his name was. This was like in 2016, I think. Oh, 2016. It's like 2016 or 2017. I can't remember, but I think he's he's gone. But I don't know what that person's name was. I can't remember. But I want to say he was Lithuanian or Latvian or something around around there. And -hmm. supposedly he was going to be really good, and then he disappeared. Um, I know we traded one of our backups we started sometime last season where he signed with the Panthers. I can't remember his name for the life of me. I know he had to fill in for one of the games. Yeah, I mean, um, he didn't play very well in that one game either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like Ben something. Um, fuck, I can't remember. I know, I know who you're talking about, though. It's um, I, I can't remember his name either. That's that's how good he was. For nobody us. came here for information. <laughs> Yeah, you came here to listen to us try and figure out what the hell is going on. <laughs> so, all right, well, we call that first intermission there. Uh, what do you think? What do you think of the first bit of the show? And do a little bit of can can hockey talk there. I think we should uh, definitely be uh, you know putting some more pucks in nets, uh, getting 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 some pucks deep. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I guess we can hop right into this uh, clean line changes, uh, get pucks in deep, and uh, play hard, play gritty. Yeah, you know. Somebody's got to wear it. It's going to be us. So, well, there was actually a week's worth of hockey. Um, we're in this ridiculous stretch right now where, you know, almost every single game is away and um, it's not really very fun. The guys aren't very comfortable. You can tell. I don't really blame them. It sucks being away from home quite a bit, especially when you have all these ridiculous breaks that we had and then you got to go and, well, they had all these games in different time zones. They played in like three different time zones. The, the nice thing going forward is that uh, pretty much all the games, with the exception, I think, of two, um, are going to be all in the Eastern time zone going forward. Um, so that's a good yeah. thing. Yeah, I know we're done with at least the late starts. Yeah, they got one more goal, one more game against uh, Dallas in Dallas and one more game against St. Louis, I believe. And so those are both central, and those are going to be the only two games that are not I in the Eastern time zone. I think we've already played – St. Louis twice. Well, I could somebody, be wrong. It's somewhere in the. It's somewhere in the in the in the central. I I can't remember mm-hmm. who. It might be might be Minnesota. I don't, I don't know. Either way, either way, both games are in central. No, and played Minnesota. It's somebody. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere, somewhere over there. It's definitely Dallas, uh, and then somebody else. Yeah, I, I know. At least for the back half of the season, we've got a lot of games at home, which will be really helpful. Uh, you know, it's almost kind of nice to get some of these away games and some of these late away games out of the way. Uh, instead of having to, uh, you know, do them in, uh, you know, late April. So uh, th- that'll be really beneficial for us. It's Chicago. No, wait, Chicago, that's at home. It is, so at Dallas and at, do, do, do. is it oh, Columbus? Columbus is Eastern no, Columbus time is in the East. Are they? Detroit. Yeah. Maybe it's Detroit. Detroit's in our division, Val. Detroit's in our division? Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. I don't know anything about hockey. Why do we do this show? <laughs> 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 uh, 
Uh, you just came over because I had the best toys. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So yeah, so they got uh, they got Dallas. That's in the Central. I think so. that's the only late game we have. That's not even that late. It's one hour later, so it's an eight instead of a seven. So that's really yeah. Not, and not we, that bad. we started late uh, with this Rangers game. Yeah, that was do Saturday. Or, so. Did we do uh, Seattle? Did we cover that? Well, we haven't talked about Seattle, so that was the first game okay. uh, after our last show, and uh, so that was uh, that was on uh, the sixteenth. That was no, it wasn't Saturday. It was on Thursday. Uh, oh. So it was the sixteenth. Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday was. Oh, it was that yeah. night. Yeah, it was the night yeah, yeah. after we recorded. That's right. Yes. So um, yeah, talk talk about that. Let's go. Let's roll. Oh. Well, it was a good change from a kind of 50-50 road trip. It's been so long, it's hard for me for me to remember now. Um, I do remember, you know, we came out pretty strong, honestly. Um, but uh, early penalties really got us into some trouble. And, of course, who else but Yanni Gord scoring on us. He's actually the only Kraken player to score on us all year. Um and I don't know. I, I can't be the only one that like half cheered for him. You know, it was kind of nice seeing that. Uh, but at the same time, like, fuck, we're down early again. Um, so early penalty trouble uh, got us into into some trouble again. But that, that wouldn't last too long. Uh, eventually, uh, moments later, Kucherov, he, he would score um, a really nice goal from Stamkos, which uh, kind of evened out the tone, got got rid of the, uh, the yips a little bit of uh, Again, from kind of a rough road trip. Uh, then Victor Hedman really came out to play as well. Uh, Do you see anything in this game that really like stood out to you? Yeah, a tripping penalty 33 seconds in. <laughs> Literally 33 seconds into the game, and there was already a I penalty. Think that was, that maybe was one of the earliest penalties this season for um, any team. Andre, bye bye, Palat, since we're already oh. talking about that. <laughs> 33 seconds in for tripping. They shut that penalty down, but the uh, the Gord goal came off of one that was two minutes and 26 seconds in. Matthew, bye-bye Joseph for tripping. That, that's the uh, the penalty that led to the Yanni Gord goal. I was actually very happy for him. I was uh, not upset about that at all. Well, I was upset that we were down, but I was not upset that it was Yanni. Um, yeah, it was one of those like, God damn it, I love you kind of goals. Yeah. That it, I for me all in all I was just incredibly happy that they were that they played almost a complete game if you were to discount the first three minutes they played mm-hmm. all, they played you know fifty seven minutes of the game which yeah, was, it was good the best they they looked on that road trip the best as a team they they had looked two power play goals you know and both from Hedman and uh, you know that's pretty important because the power play has been hit or miss lately so. That was an expected win. So, of course, seeing the goal right off the bat from Yanni was like, okay, we still expect the win. <laughs> you know, I hope. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. But uh, it was nice to see a game being played in Seattle. Like, I, I kind of miss – like, if this if this game would have occurred five years ago, I would have been there. I would have been in the arena watching it. You know, the, the, the Climate Pledge, formerly Key Arena. But uh, I, you know, I love the Kraken. I love their, uh, I love their home jerseys. I think they're amazing. You know, I, I'm kind of curious of what they're going to be doing in terms of like fan interactions and stuff going forward. You know how like Vegas does their whole like 
the Vegas show before the before each game with the night and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure they'll do something with grunge and tossing fish because that's all Seattle has <laughs> is grunge, tossing fish, and coffee. So I don't know. We'll see. So anything else you want to talk about uh, Seattle? They're um, uh, not not necessarily anything about the game. You know, Head, Headman was on hat trick watch for a little bit. I know the the guys were really trying to get him one. I think this is maybe like the the second or third game the, this year where he's been on hat trick watch, and um, I think he even hit a post on one of his shots. He he was he was right there, but you know, not all good things happen. Uh, the Kraken, though, I mean, with, with this recent deadline, they've been loading up. They they've got nine picks in the first two rounds of this year's draft something like that something crazy um so hopefully if their scouts and their their drafting department uh, can pick some good players out of this year's draft in a couple of years this team's going to be something special you know these uh next two drafts they're highly regarded for being rather deep you know there's talent everywhere uh, as within like the last three drafts or so they've been kind of or did I say that these drafts were going to be weak? Or did I say they were going to be strong? I said they were going to be deep. Oh, deep. Okay, not weak. Yeah, so these drafts are going to be deep upcoming. The last couple, they've been kind of considered weak. Uh, I'm not one to uh, agree or disagree on that. But um, they, they, they've got a bright future ahead. I, I like the approach that they're taking uh, instead of, you know, the, the Vegas way. Yeah, that spoiled a lot of things, I think. You know, people got used to... Uh expansion team being really good and then completely forgot that no expansion teams aren't supposed to be good they're supposed to be awful for a handful of years yeah so, yeah they're, they're doing they're, seattle's doing it right <laughs> yeah vegas is just like a it's an anomaly that's that's never going to happen again at least not do for you know a while do you know what's going on with vegas right now i do not are they they're they're free falling aren't they they're they're in a bad situation not only with the actual product that they're putting out but within their office as well um, they tried to trade Evgeny Dodonov to the Anaheim Ducks on deadline day. But apparently, uh, Evgeny Dodonov had the Ducks as one of his uh, no-trade teams. And uh, j- just the way that they've handled all of their recent transactions, uh, getting rid of Marc-Andre Fleury for nothing, um, and j- just uh, how, how they treat uh, cer- certain players that they promise long long deals you know you'll be in vegas forever blah 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 blah. a week later and you're shipped out the door to to buffalo or or ottawa or something they've just really been souring their relationship with not only their players but other gms and teams in the league so they're you know come that they've only gotten gone downhill since their inaugural season whether it be on the ice or actually uh, behind the scenes within the office so um, not not gonna say like you know it's funny you know it's good to see whatever but I, I typically am the kind of guy to uh, root against Vegas yeah I guess the house does not always win I guess not yeah well too too bad so sad oh no there's definitely no money anywhere in Vegas oh no, no. I got nothing to honestly like I, I don't I, I wouldn't. I probably would never root for any Vegas team whatsoever. Uh, I know there's only two right now. There'll be a baseball team here soon, probably. Getting, what? I would. I'm gonna guess they're probably gonna get a baseball team, either expansion or move. There, you know, it's possibility. The Athletics, maybe, but um, yeah, I would. I would fully expect there to be a major league baseball team there within the next decade. 
Probably. Seeing how well both their uh, sports markets have flourished, uh, I wouldn't doubt it. But you have to. Well, um, the problem is you have to build. You'd have to have a, a place where they can play because um, they. You have you basically have to play indoors. It's too damn hot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I don't. I don't really feel too bad for them. So they had their. They had their shot. Everything was. Uh, th- that was the meme in 2016. Was uh, historic. Oh my god, it's historic. Like whatever, man. The funny thing is about Vegas. I know we're digressing here, but the uh, the reactions initially to to their roster before the season even started was like, oh my god, they're gonna suck, you know. And then all of a sudden, they just went on a crazy run. They didn't suck at all. It's like, man. Then I was like, oh, they're they they cheated. Like they loaded up on all these good players. But yeah, but you were calling them terrible like a month ago. Yeah. So, like, which one is it? So, with Seattle, you knew they were going to be bad. Vegas, they just thought they were going to be bad, and then they weren't bad, and so everyone was complaining and you know and saying they they worked the system. But. I know a lot of teams were upset with the way that they set the expansion rules, particularly uh, Nashville and Columbus, or uh, I think I throw the Wild in there as well. The, some of the early. Uh, 2000s teams because they had completely different uh, expansion rules you could only take or you could protect so many more players and whatever else that the the pickings were really really slim well it's all ancient history at this point and seattle's feeling the brunt of that mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they're doing it right though yep and uh you know i, I won't i won't i still have a kinship to the city a little bit so um, i i mean i pull for the mariners they're kind of my second baseball team so you know, I, I I don't I don't care for the Seahawks too much, but you know I'll 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 give I'll give the Kraken a little love, you know, as long as it's not the expense of us. They're in a different conference, and so I you know I'm not going to be upset. But enough and about the Kraken. Yeah. Uh, enough Good about the my boy Yanni. Yeah, there you go. Enough about the Kraken. Enough about the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. Let's talk about the uh, New York Rangers and uh, the Saturday night game. The marquee game on national television, ABC, play-by-play by Dobby the Elf himself, Sean McDonough, with uh, Ray Ferraro as the uh, as the color commentator, and uh, the pregame with with Mark. I can't stop spreading love to the Rangers, Messier. <laughs> Dear God, he, he couldn't he couldn't root for them any less. <laughs> I've never seen a more uh, I've never seen a less impartial guy. But I, I mean, I guess if you play somewhere for essentially the majority of your career, you're probably gonna. It's gonna be hard to to get away from that. But about the game, yeah. I, like the the they played a good game, and oh god, what a terrible way to lose! It was that, that was a heartbreaker, hundred percent. It sucks that it was Mika Mika Zibanejad as well. I really really love him as, as a player, but. Again, not at the expense of us. He's so ugly. <laughs> he's just an ugly dude and an ugly dude scoring a goal to beat us. I hate that. He's an ugly guy, but he's such a beauty, if you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, I mean, he plays he plays hockey well, that's for sure. Um, that was such I, a... I don't know anybody that hates him. That was like a... That was such a, a, a weak call at the end. I, I don't know. That's... Uh, a little iffy on that. I mean, don't they call embellishment anymore? Like, yeah, I know. Um, I know the bench was upset. They thought Kreider embellished that uh, that high stick. Uh, regardless, I think Chernak did hit hit him with the high stick. But 
probably not enough to make him dump like that. Don't get me going on the officials. <laughs> uh, it sucks that it sucks that it was such a good game up until that point, and then when that happened, you know, and they scored, there was literally 16 seconds left in the game, and there was there was zero chance they were going to do anything with that 16 seconds. So. You, you go on this stupid road trip. You're in all these different time zones. You're so excited to get home. You're playing this game, and you're actually playing fairly well, and then that shit happens, and you got to turn around and go right back on the road again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what a, what a huge blow to your confidence. Yeah, for real. For real. You know, so uh, there's not really much good to say about other than that they played really well. There were a ton of penalties. Um, the penalty kill looked really good for uh four or five of the six power plays they couldn't they couldn't set up shop at all of course you know the last power play uh you know sealed the deal but at least you know five of those power plays looked top-notch tremendous uh unfortunately they look a little bit different now with joseph leaving uh hopefully we can uh rekindle some of that magic but uh this was a game that we shouldn't have lost or at least made it to overtime uh, I, I thought it was a very complete game by everyone. Everybody looked pretty good. Um, you know, unfortunately, it fell apart in the last 16 seconds. Yeah, and that was a really good shot, too. You know, you can't get mad at the shot. Like, Vassy was just – he just had his arm in, the, in a bad place, and it went right un, under his arm, right? Do you blame Vassy for that one? No, I mean, it's, it's a one-on-one, and, and you're not going to – he's not 100%. Like you're not going to yeah. save every single one. Sometimes a shot just gets by you, and that's just one that got by him. Yeah, there were people that were complaining. They were like, "Oh, Vazzy should have had that. He lost that one for us." And I'm like, "No, no, no." What? No, no. Oh, come I on. thought he played fine. Come on. It's a it's a power play one timer. You you can't stop them all, especially from Mika Zibanejad. He's got an excellent excellent shot. So. Um, it's hard to blame that on anyone, you know, just poor positioning at the worst time. Maybe the guys gave up you know, a little a little earlier than they should have, but uh, th- th- this game to me is just unfortunate. You know, it's hard for me to pick anything just truly bad out of it. This is one of those games that... Other than the penalties. It reminds me of, of any time, like, Toronto would play the Seattle Mariners and all of the Mariners season ticket holders... They'll be like, ooh, money. And so they would sell their tickets uh, to, you know, Canadians for an inflated price. And so the entire stadium becomes a Toronto stadium. And this is basically what happens anytime the Rangers come down. And it's going to happen again when Boston, when we play Boston here pretty soon. Uh, Again, if I I can't remember if we play them at home again. But anytime we play any of these big market teams, is the season ticket holders will sell their tickets for an inflated price. And then you just hear... You know, you, it just sounds like you're playing an away game, and that sucks. And this is the the Rangers game was a lot like that. I I don't know. To me, it doesn't sound like you're playing like at an away game. Some of the chants you'll hear, it's like "Let's go Lightningers!" Like you know, they, they're just kind of like meshed together. Um, which you know, that, again, that that's still not good. But when you live in the ta- when your team is a Tampa Bay team, you have to expect that. Same thing with Florida. It comes with the location. It comes with being a a prime Florida team. Uh, you got a you got a hell of a lot of snowbirds in both these areas. Uh, it, it happens. I, I personally, I'm not too upset about it because I I know that's just how it goes. I know I, I've lived here long enough to know that 
you know, honestly, most of the people that I meet are, you know, if they, if they are hockey fans or, you know, at least, um, you know, they're, they're true teams are not, are not the lightning. They, they've adopted them, but they grew up with the Red Wings or the Rangers or the Leafs or something. It's hard to find a true Florida native. So uh, you can't hardly blame the arena for looking like that. I mean, I expect it and I'm still upset. Yes. So <laughs> I got and, and it's the same thing with the Rays. It's the same shit. You know, it's the same thing. So, yeah, it's just a complaint I have. And I'll have it every time it happens going forward. Hey, so we could we could be Florida. You know, the, those blue jerseys blend in a lot, uh, a lot better in Amelie than they do at the FLA live. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Florida needs to make like a blue alternate or something. They have one. They have a blue one. Well, they, I mean, they had the reverse retro, but that wasn't really blue. It's like, well, I mean, it's blue, but it's like dark. I'm talking like a like a, a blue blue one, like a yeah yeah like an ele- they had like electric a, blue. They had like a baby blue alternate jersey from a couple of years ago, like maybe five or more years. I forget. I haven't seen them wear in a while. I got that off our chest. Moving on, Lightning are back on the road after this. Uh, they played last night against Carolina so you know out of the frying pan and into the fire and uh, they actually played really really well for the most part except for their penalty kill uh, and uh, they lost three to two what do you think yeah this game uh, you know you're speaking relatively uh, about the most recent road trip it's (laughs) I'm going to sound like I'm coping really hard here, but it's nice to not be losing by three or more goals. Uh, you know, at, le- at least these are close games, I'll say. But I don't, I don't know. It, it's nice to see them, you know, not being completely just out of it in the first. You know, they, they look more complete. But again, they, they're, they're falling short. It, it just seems like the urgency isn't really there. That's true, yeah. And... They gave up two penalties and gave up, uh, well, they gave up two power play goals, which um, was both in the second period here. There was no scoring in the first period. Uh, three goals in the third period. You had two Carolina power play goals um, sandwiching the Nick Paul debut goal. Uh, and then um, in the third period, Ajo scored eight minutes in. And then with... Uh, one minute left in the game, Alex Kalorn, when they were playing, uh, they had a power play, so they were playing six on four. And uh, Alex Kalorn scored one with a minute left. And then they didn't have enough time to do anything else. No, I think it was a, I think it was a four on four. Um, well, they pulled the goal. It was, it was a four on four. It was four a five on four. The goalie, so five, five on four. four. Five yeah. on four, that's right, because it was. Because they they had the initial penalty, right? And then, uh, and then, then it got nullified. That's the other thing, actually. Now that now that it's all clicking in, I mean, this was literally last night. <laughs> this is how bad we we are with memory. This was literally last night. Um, I hate frustrated Kucherov. Like I can't oh, stand it when he gets frustrated because he he just becomes a baby, and he doesn't he doesn't play well. Although I will say that that interference call, which nullified the penalty at the end, was weak at best. That, that was a seriously weak call. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you there. You know, it, it could go either way, but when it's um, when there's seconds left in the game and you've got all the momentum, uh, the, this league is trying to promote offense. Uh, I think calling a penalty there 
nullifies it it gets rid of what you want in the game because again that's kind of a coin flip call there i again i may i may be a little bit biased but i i agree with you there um but a frustrated cooch is not a good cooch there, there's players that do thrive on their anger and their frustration kind of like evgeny malkin and i don't think kucherov is one of them i'm getting shades of a columbus cooch which is the last thing that we want but even even after the game, after the whistle, he uh, he was going after Sebastian Ajo. I, I wonder what uh, Ajo did to really get under Kucherov's skin. Like you know, you again, we'll, we'll see Kucherov. He's mostly pissed off at himself, uh, but he really targeted Sebastian Ajo there, which, which really kind of perplexed me. I would think any of these things is probably has to do with the Russia situation because that's probably the easiest way to chirp at a guy right now. Um, if you're really trying to get under somebody's skin, I mean, I'm just going to throw that out of left field. It, it might have something to do with that. Maybe. It could, but I, honestly, I don't know. I, I may sound soft for saying this, but I feel like that's something you kind of don't, don't chirp with. I hope not. I seriously hope not. Cause that would be shitty. You know, Br- Brad Marchand, he did, but he's just a different kind of asshole. Yeah, he's an asshole and a half. That's yeah, for sure. he he doesn't count. Sebastian Ajo, he's a player that I actually I really really like, and I he, to me he's not much of a chirper, uh, at least from what I've seen. He's actually a very very respectful player. Uh, I'd take him on my team any day. So I can't imagine that's what it was. I think Kucherov just was mainly frustrated with himself and how he's played over the last handful of games. He he hasn't looked like himself. He hasn't really been. Um, you know he's been forcing shitty passes he he just haven't hasn't had the speed or you know his passing that, that that's his a uh, you know his marquee trait right there and it just hasn't been on well let's knock on some wood here and and hope that everything kind of uh, clicks back in they've got 20 games to do it which is plenty of time to get everybody worked in get everybody on the same page i mean we have we have the coach that can do it that can that can line everybody back up so you know we're just crossing crossing fingers here because it's going to be a hell of a lot harder in the playoffs this year than it has been before i think because the guys are just the the teams around us are just getting that much they're just that much better this year and so seating i think it might matter a little bit the only thing i think we'll have really more in our favor is just experience yeah this team is built for a playoff run as we have seen you know they've got the talent to do it in the regular season but as we saw in 2018-19 hate to bring it up again sorry uh but you know the team it was just an offensive weapon but they were winning their games six to four or seven to five or something like that um you know you can't outscore your problems you got to learn to uh to, to go with the ebbs and the flows of the game, which I, I think they, they've really tailored uh, the roster over the last three years to do that, as we've seen successfully. Uh, now, you know, I think that was the idea with going after players like Hagel and Paul. And, yeah, it's going to take some time for them to really gel and mesh with this lineup. And, you know, good thing we do have 20-something games left uh, in the season for everybody to really find their spot, hit their stride, and hopefully have some momentum going into the playoffs because that's where – we all know that's where this team really, really shines. Got any uh, closing thoughts there about the about our last week worth of games? 
don't take so many penalties, man. I mean, really, that, that's really the biggest thing is don't take so many penalties. You can't rely on your penalty kill, especially in the playoffs where, where refs really swallow their whistles. Uh, obviously, we'd like to see uh, more power plays um, and may, maybe switch up the power play. I think I was talking about this next, or I think I was talking about this last week, is that I want to see power play to start some more some more uh, power plays. I think it just kind of th- throws a wrench into the defending team's plans and, and just really kind of gets everybody feeling a little different. You know, even if you only have them out there for like the, op- the for the first face off of the power play, uh, it just kind of jumbles things up and gets guys moving. You know, you got, you got guys changing lines and you know what, even if power play two does have some pretty good uh, possession in the zone, hopefully they can score. Uh, I don't know. Again, there, there's a lot of things that need to be ironed out uh, over the next coming coming weeks, but we will uh, wait with anticipation. Indeed we will, and we will also wait in anticipation for you, the fan, to give us a call and let us know where we messed up. 727-416-0613. If you call us, we'll, uh, we'll play your, your voicemail on the show. Uh, you can email us at thelightningrod1 at protonmail.com. And uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at Lightning Rod Pod. Let's look at the uh, schedule going forward here. The next handful of games, we got three more on the road, and then they finally get to start sleeping in their own bed consistently. Yeah, we got Boston tomorrow night. Yeah, Boston tomorrow night at seven. Uh, on Saturday, we have an afternoon game with the Pizza Boys of Detroit. Uh, what time? That's uh, twelve thirty p.m. Uh, at Detroit uh, in the Little Caesars Hot and Ready Arena. And then uh, going after that is another afternoon game, which is a back-to-back. So it's back-to-back Saturday and Sunday uh, at 2 o'clock in New York, the Islanders in Long Island. So you got a 12.30 and a 2 over the weekend. So afternoon hockey, boys. Afternoon hockey. Hockey at work, I guess. Hopefully it's a slow day for me. Yeah, that sucks if you do work on the weekends. That's I haven't done Dude, that in a really long I, time, so I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, quick little thing here. I, uh, you know, I, again, my, my priority is watching these games, but unfortunately I, I am working and I do have to do thy bidding of my customers. But uh, luckily they, they do kind of work around me. So I'll tell them like, hey, I, I got you at like first intermission. Just give me like 10, five, 10 minutes or something. Um, <laughs> but Wow, what a um, horrible employee you are. <laughs> I know, right? But, I hope hey, you don't don't work. tell your don't tell your boss about this show. I know. Um but uh, during the uh 2020 uh playoffs in the bubble when we were playing Boston, um it was Nick Ritchie on the Bruins. He he made he laid a dirty dirty hit on Yanni Gord and again I was in here in my office and I was I was screaming top of my lungs. I was like, that's a shitty fucking hit. Get him out of the game. You know, just screaming to myself, but like actually screaming. I was mad. It was a bad hit. And one of my customers just peeks his head in the door. He's like, everything all good in here? I'm like, no, it's not. Didn't he get suspended for that hit? Uh, I don't think he got suspended, but I know he got ejected from that game. I remember the ejection, but I thought, yeah, he got because that was a a Department of Player Safety uh, reviewed hit, if I remember correctly. Yeah, play, playoffs and suspensions—they don't mix very well. That as, uh, you know, that was actually uh, even even Boston fans were like, "Yeah, we hate that guy." Oh yeah, no, there's a reason Nick Ritchie is never stuck anywhere. Yeah. So uh, we got uh, we we got. Uh, 
Anything else uh, pressing to talk about this week? We're at the one hour mark here. Uh, no, no, nothing lightning related. I don't think. Uh, Leonard Fournette's back. Yeah, you want to talk about a little bucks? Yeah, we. Uh, I can I can tell you that with with Brady coming back, you know, everyone's making the jokes about oh, you know, he hung out with his family for a few days and decided he didn't like it anymore, but. I think he saw gas prices and had to go back to work. I think, yeah, you could say that. I think uh, in reality, he also saw the state of the NFC South and decided, wow, I could probably beat all of you in my sleep. Let me tell you who the starting quarterbacks are going to be for the rest of the NFC South um, starting next year. So Jameis Winston for the Saints, but he's not even going to start the beginning of the year unless his uh, injured. Yeah, we, unless it, he he can he can rehab from his his uh, ACL and um, in time, uh, Sam Darnold, you know, Hall of oh. future Hall of Famer Sam Darnold for the Carolina Panthers, and then Atlanta traded away the best quarterback they've ever had uh, for Marcus Mariota. Like they got oh, they signed no. Marcus Mariota, so you have two former uh, number one and number two draft picks. Uh, playing in the division so really Brady's going to sleepwalk through the majority of it we re-signed Fournette we re-signed William Golston on the defense he's a he's awesome um, we re-signed uh, Carlton Davis on the defense we re-signed uh, we're about Godwin. to re-sign yeah we re-signed Godwin long term they franchise tagged him and then they picked him up long term and then now uh, we're, we're gonna re-sign Gronkowski again probably for next to nothing uh, really, the only question is mark that, is, is that confirmed? It's not confirmed, I know been but it's a lot of speculation. It's not confirmed, but it's going to happen. I mean, it's like it's not confirmed, but it's confirmed. He's he's not yeah. going to he's not going to play anywhere else. If he if he doesn't play for us, he's going to retire. Yeah, so, well, he, he's going where Brady goes. Exactly, he's going where Dad goes. Exactly, he's not going to play with anybody else. So mm-hmm. uh, they they um, they signed a safety in Logan Ryan that used to play with Brady. Uh, they signed an offensive lineman, Shaq Mason, from the Patriots as well uh, to take the place of Ali Marpet, who retired. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, the only guy that we've lost is um, Jordan Whitehead. Whitehead. Yeah. And, um, you know, which is kind of a shame. But, you know, they got Logan Ryan, so it's not really that big of a deal. So now they're just waiting to find out what, what's going to happen with uh, and Sue. They're probably going to wait till after the draft to uh, to re-sign him if they sign him at all. Uh, just depends oh, man, on what I they love do in the Sue. draft. I mean, I love him too, but he is on the wrong side of thirty, and um, I think he's like thirty-five, and so he's not really getting any faster. Oh shit! So you know he's good there for leadership, and he's never missed a game in his entire career. Really? But, yeah, but at the same time, like you need to get younger next to Vita Vea. So he's never he's never missed a game due to injury because hasn't he been suspended a couple been, of times? Yeah, that's what I mean. Is like he's never okay. been hurt. Like he's never been hurt okay. for a game. That's good. Um, so, you know, it just depends on what we do in the draft, but I mean, it's basically the band back together. So yeah, they, they re-signed uh, or they signed Russell Gage from Atlanta. So they got another offensive weapon for a uh, wide receiver and now they got the running back taken care of. And, um, so we'll see, we'll see what happens going forward. Uh, the Rays are spring training right now. Uh, they don't look great in spring training, but they never do. Uh, but I think they'll be they'll be fine going forward, and um, I think uh, expect a decision sometime in the next year or so on uh, whether or not they're going to put a baseball stadium in Ybor City. Which knock on wood, they do. God, I would love it. 
I would love it, especially getting ready for me to retire. Oh, boy. Yeah, right. That would be perfect. Perfect. So, yeah, that was the lightning rod for, for Wednesday, March 23rd. We're uh, happy you're here with us if you are. And uh, I'd say that's about it, huh? That's it. All right. Check the show notes for how you can contact us, and uh, we will catch you next week. Peace. Knock, knock. Who's there? Big old boner in my underwear. <laughs>